Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. there everyone this is Devin Wilkins welcoming you to another episode of Canadians in Old Time Radio. We're going to stay in Canada for the whole hour this time and a drama from CBC stage called Venus and the Magi. Now it actually says stage 75 I don't recall that CBC, CBC stage lasted that long, but I could definitely be wrong. Anyway, here is a drama called Venus and the Magi. Now on CBC stage, Venus and the Magi. Two, eight, nine, zero, six, seven, five. Point eight six six three four six seven nine seven six point five three two three zero nine eight seven eight nine five four point seven six three CBC Stage presents a play by James W. Nichols, produced and directed by Peter Duncan, starring Frank Perry as Jason. Okay. Venus and the Magi. What's the matter, Jason? Nothing. You've been crying. Have not. All right, then. Your father wants you out the barn. We're poor, aren't we, Mom? Why do you say that? Because the guys say it. They say we ain't got nothing. Can't even bring a real sandwich to school for lunch. Just a greasy old lard one. Ain't got no summer shoes, even. Don't you listen to that bunch, Jason. They'll never amount to anything. Now, you better get out to the barn before your daddy gets cross. We are continuing our coverage of the voyage of Mariner 8. My name is Alan Hirsch. Astronauts Jason Iolkus and Chet Russell have been in space now for 76 days. They are better than two-thirds of the way to Venus, and according to Mission Control in Houston, Texas, the flight is on schedule and working perfectly. We will be switching momentarily to Houston, where another in a series of television shows from Mariner 8 will be on the air. (laughs) 
Hey, Chet, you all set to go on? Oh, yeah. I'm fine, Jace. Well, be sure you're looking your prettiest for all your television fans. You know, your mother and your father and your sister and your wife. What do you think? No. That ain't so bad. He failed five subjects out of seven. Where does it say that? All those E's. That's a failure. Well, E used to mean excellent when I went to school. Never got too many of those. Well, Jason's got five of them. He won't even get out of grade four at this rate. Well, so what? I never did. Don't matter. Cows don't care if you're a professor or not. Pigs don't give a sweet damn neither. Well, I do. And I happen to want my Jason to amount to something. Well, don't worry about that, Mommy. He's already grown a half foot since last summer. Have your little backwoods son, Chris, but don't ever think I'm going to have my son go up a dirt farmer like you. I won't have it. Well, damn it all, lady, I don't care if your precious Jason grows up to be the princess I am. Just don't yak yak in my ear about it. Beautiful picture, Jace. Just great. I'll, uh, I'll try to get a shot of Chet. Give us a smile, Chet. Oh, nice shot, Jason. Ah, the reception we're getting here is just great. What are you doing right now, Jack? I'm checking the pressure readings on our fuel supply. We do this periodically to make sure there's no leakage. Good, Jack. I'm uh, going to pass the camera to Chet now. Stand by. We'd like the people to see our uh, target. Right. Excuse the jerkiness of the picture for a moment. I'll try to press the lens up tight to the glass. Do you have a picture? Nothing yet, Chad. Just blackness. How's that? Uh, negative, Chad. Maybe she isn't there, Mission Control. This is massive. Oh, we've got it. A beautiful picture. Venus. Just beautiful. Jason? Yeah? What are you thinking about? Nothing, Mama. You know your mama loves you, don't you, Jason? I know. Oh, Jason, I want you to be something so special. She's a lot bigger than last time, eh? Fantastic. What a sight. Gold and silver, pink and bronze. A lady of the night. We're beginning to see distinctive cloud patterns. There seems to be gray lines running through it like hatch marks. Is the uh, hydrogen corona visible to you yet? Negative on that. But we should be seeing some evidence of it within the next week. Well, we hope there's some breaks in that cloud cover. We'd certainly like to get some photos of the surface of the planet, gentlemen. That's what we're here for, Mission Control. There's no holes in that cover. We'll make some. Well, Doug, God, how did I get such a smart kid anyway? Well, Jason can do anything he puts his mind to. I suppose he want to go on to high school now. Of course he will. Jason... Jason? Straighten your tie, dear. My, what a handsome young man. Oh, come on, Mama. Yeah, well, we haven't looked at this uh, diploma. 
Close as I'll ever get to one. Why, they sure make them up fancy, don't they? I guess it's not much. You stood the highest in the whole school, Jason. Be proud of it. Okay, Mama. I'm going to see what Billy says. See you later. Yeah. I'm going home to see what the cows are doing. There ain't much in teacups and those little bitty biscuits. Just a minute, Chris. I want to speak to Jason's teacher. No, I'll wait outside. I, I wouldn't know what to say to her anyhow. As we have mentioned before on the voyage of Mariner 8, the prime goal of this mission is to take extensive readings of the atmosphere that surrounds Venus and photograph the cloud cover that blankets the face of the planet. The most exciting possibility in all this is that Mariner 8 may have an opportunity to photograph the actual surface of the planet. <coughs> it's a remote possibility, to be sure, but if it does occur, this will be man's first look at Venus. Of course, we're anxious to make those eight orbits of Venus and get some surface shots. But we'd just like to point out to all the people watching that we are certainly missing home and a good green earth. As other astronauts have said before us, when you're racing through the heavens, the one constant thought in your mind is that there should be peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. That's beautiful, Jack. If God wanted us to fly mission control, we'd have been born with wings. <laughs> okay. Okay, Commander. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for the excellent pictures. Now, we know you're tired. We'll let you go now. We'll be talking to you at 0600 hours. All right, Mission Control. Kind of a strange remark to make, wasn't it, Jace? No stranger than your bull about peace on Earth. Are you okay? Are you? We're both in this tin can together, you know. Commander Jason Iolcus and astronaut Chet Russell are hurtling through space toward the mysterious and beautiful planet of Venus. And we'll be back on the air a week from today. In less than four weeks until Mariner 8 will be in orbit around the sister planet of our planet Earth. And AMB will be there with them. Until the next report from the voyage of Mariner 8, this is Alan Hirsch saying, Good night, everybody. Should we all know that? It's all right. It's okay. My poor, lovely lady. It's okay. They told me to come into town. You gonna come, Jason? No. I'll just stay here for a while. 
hair is as black as a raven. It spreads out across the heavens like a mermaid's hair spreads out against the tide. Starting at the Terminator, you mean? No, that's not what I mean. Why don't you write that line down somewhere, Jace? We could use it on our next broadcast. Sounds great. Russell, why don't you go for a long walk? Mama never looked like that in all her life. Well, they kind of do some things, Jason. I, I don't know just what. She'd laugh if she could see herself. Oh, it's so hard to think that she's never going to be with me no more. I don't know what to do. Never feel her warm beside me. Never be able to feel her breathing against my cheek no more. I might as well die too, Jason, and live without your mama. Why don't they let her look the way she was at the end? People should know what it's like to die of cancer. Oh, Jason. Well, she's dead. That's the end of her, isn't it? Might as well let people know what she died of. Is, is fix her up like she's going to dance. People are going to start coming in. Now, watch your stupid tone. You watch yours. I'm not standing here talking to people all night. Bunch of hypocrites anyway. I'm glad she's dead. Give them something to talk about. Jason, for your mama's sake, hush up or I'll forget where I am and I'll beat the living hell out of you. Stay up. Blubber if you want. I, I'm going home. Oh, Mama. I love you. I love you. Chad? Chad, are you awake? Yeah. How do you feel? Huh? I feel fine, Jason. Good. Well, let me know if you're feeling bad. Right. Chet. Yeah, Jason? It's hard to figure, isn't it? What is? That other ship. You've seen it, haven't you? Off to the starboard side. What are you talking about? First sighted 1310 hours, November 14, 1975. I edited in the log. There's no spaceship out there, Jace. I thought it was a star at first. A huge, bright star. But it was just the sun shining off of it. Must <laughs> say some kind of a shadow. Let me take a sighting. What's the position? Just look out the window. It's right beside us, Chet. A ghost ship. Following us home to Venus. Yeah, yeah, I see it. There's uh, two little green men looking out of the window at me. And one of them looks like my mother-in-law. Uh, I'm not so sleepy right now, Jace. Why don't you pop a pill and relax for a couple of hours or so? I'll stand this watch. Well, I'm all right. I just like sitting here watching my lady coming slowly to me. Pale, luminous lady of the night.
gone and done it, eh? That's right. Well, it's up to you, of course. Your, uh, your mom would be disappointed. Doesn't look like she's going to have much to say about it. Yeah, I don't know, Jason. You're a tough egg, and the Air Force ain't going to make you any softer. I was uh, kind of hoping you'd change your mind and stay on the farm. You've got to be kidding. So, I'm all alone, eh? Unless you get yourself a girlfriend. Well, I'm off. I'll uh, walk into town. Oh, I, I can drive. No, no, I'd like to walk. Right, Jason. Bye, Paul. Control. This is Mariner 8. Go ahead, Mariner 8. May have a slight problem here. About Commander Iokas. Go ahead, Mariner 8. I suspect a, a little space fatigue. He's been talking a bit strange. Says there's a coast ship tracking us. Oh? Is Commander Iokas asleep right now? Yes, he is. We haven't monitored anything unusual in the commander's physical condition. I wouldn't be unduly alarmed, Chet. It's probably just a passing mood more than space fatigue. You've been on the mission now over 13 weeks. We'll talk to the commander at 1000 hours. Very good, Mission Control. This is Blue One to Popeye. Come in, Popeye. This is Popeye, Blue One. I've got a truck caravan below me on the south side of the Quang River, about uh, ten miles outside Ming. No big support in sight. Going to scrape both ends and hold for support. Okay, Blue One. We'll send in some help. And Chase, I'll see you at the canteen afterwards. <laughs> okay, Popeye. Over. Popeye, Popeye! This is Popeye, Blue One. I got company. It's all the clock. Set it up, bitch! Popeye. I'm in trouble, Popeye. I should have been all that help. Get your asses over to Quang Bay. Is that as far as this lad's going? They're on their way, Blue One. Are you all right? I'm perfect, Popeye. No way I could be better. I'm feeling fine, Mission Control. Physical data's all good. Chet's blood pressure is just slightly elevated. Chet's a worrier, Mission Control. I keep telling him he should relax more. Go for long walks. Uh, any visual or radar sightings to make? Uh, negative on that. Nothing out of the ordinary, then? Not a problem in sight, Mission Control. Everything's been as clean as a whistle so far. All right. We'll let you get back to work, gentlemen. Right you are, Mission Control. Come on. Grab my hand. You'll be all right. 
I'll show you the view. You're the one that's supposed to be the test pilot, not me. I just as soon stay on the ground. You shut up and climb. There. Oh, isn't that a fabulous sight? Miles of pine, of spruce, and not a lumber mill in sight. Silver birch, white aspen, mossy old cliffs, the green Bigfoot River running through it all. And if I had the wings of an eagle, I'd dive headfirst off this rock into the wind. Okay, we've seen it. Now let's go back. Oh, come on, Norma. Let's sit here with me for a bit. It's cold. Come and sit down here, then. Yeah. Yeah, feel how warm the rocks are? Nice, eh? It's hard in the rump. Oh, poor old Norma's rump. has crossed my mind, Mr. High and Mighty Iarchus. Well, we can get married any time you like. I don't care. Well, thank you very much. My mother was a proud woman. Understand, Chet? Even though we were poor, she never had more than one dress in her whole life. Didn't break her. Nothing did. She sounds like a wonderful person, Jace. Wanted me to be something special. She would have killed for me, I know. It took me a long time to figure out why she married my old man. It's like two different worlds. She was so fine. She could tell what you were feeling just by looking at your face. The old man couldn't see anybody but himself. Even when she died, all he was worried about was what was going to happen to him. There was a time when I was a small boy that I wanted to run away with her. Take her far away from him. So she wouldn't have to sit at the supper table and watch the food slop out of the sides of his mouth anymore. One day I was rifling through an old Bible... And written in there, it said that this certifies that Nancy Williams and Christopher Iolcus were united in holy matrimony on the 21st day of July, in the year of our Lord, 1934, at Willow Creek, Michigan, by Reverend Andrew Clark. 1934. I was a love child. A child of passion. They see my mother married him because there was nothing else she could do. Not in those times, not in the backwoods of Michigan. I used to think about how I had come to be 
And my mother must have cried and pleaded with him. How her hair, black as a raven and tangled in the grass, must have spread out about her. My old man with his black Greek eyes and his thick, rough hands looking at her and touching her breasts. I never got beyond that. I never imagined the rest. It was as if the rage I felt inside myself had boiled up against my eyes and blinded me to the final desecration. donkey I was. Well, I, uh, I guess most boys feel like that sometimes or another. I used to lie on my bed at night and listen. They were poor, you know. That place is more a shack than a regular house. The walls didn't go all the way up to the roof. Besides, it was just plasterboard or something. You could hear every sound. forgave my mother for having conceived me under such terrible circumstances because it had been against her will. I forgave her for marrying the rapist because it was a matter of honor. What I couldn't tolerate was the thought that that she, my mother, could ever allow him to do it again. Or worse yet, want him to do it again. So when the noises started, the whispering, the bed creaking, my mother's voice sounding strange and far away, saying, please, 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 over and over again. It was pain to me. It was like fire. And I tried with all my might to believe that she was pleading for him to stop. I uh, think I'll do a check on the alternate, Jace. And after it went, when she got up and walked past my bedroom in her bare feet to the pump in the kitchen... And I listened to the water splashing into the pan and then trickling through her hands. I tried my hardest to hear the small sounds of her weeping. I tried so hard the room would seem to spin around me. And then I'd hear it. The little sobs, the faint crying in the kitchen. Oh, Kevin. You know what it's like to die of cancer. I got a chance to transfer into it, and I'm going to. Why? Do you can be some kind of dead hero? What are you trying to prove, Jason? Don't you want to see your baby born? Oh, hell. There's been six Air Force test pilots killed in the last three years. The odds in the space program are a hell of a lot better than that. How do you know? They haven't even got into space yet. Norma, this is what I want to do. That's all there is to it. It's final. Oh, don't pull that lord and master bit on me. How many more chances do you think you've got? You were shot down in Korea. You were shot down in Vietnam. You've had to bail out of two planes as a test pilot. You're overdue, Jason. And you know it. Now you tell me you want to shoot up into space in a rocket. Well, that's too damn bad. I just can't take it anymore. You said you'd leave the Air Force when we started a family. You promised me. Now you hand me this garbage. Damn it all, Jason. You just can't do it. It isn't like I'm going up in space tomorrow. It's going to take years of training and... And besides, most of the men entering the program will never take part in an actual flight. That's comforting news, isn't it? I'm supposed to have your baby and be a beautiful little wife. Well, shit on that. 
You can damn well choose between me or the Air Force. I can't do that, Norma. I've already signed the papers. They've already been forwarded. Well, you see, uh, I'm committed, aren't I? Now back to the voyage of Mariner 8. My name is Alan Hirsch. Commander Jason Iolkus and astronaut Chet Russell are just one week this side of Venus. People all over the country, indeed all over the world, are waiting anxiously for the first reports back from the Venus orbits. But I have a man here today who is more personally involved than the rest of us in the adventures of Mariner 8. That man is Commander Iolkus's father, Christopher Iolkus. Mr. Iolkus, I, I guess it must be quite a thrill to have such a well-known son. Well, yes, it is. A question I've always meant to ask the parents of astronauts would never have. Did Jason give any indication as a young boy that someday he would be a space pioneer? In other words, did he seem interested in planes and rockets or space as a youngster? Well, uh, he quit school, you know, when he was uh, uh, 17 to go into the Air Force. But space wasn't one of his boyhood interests? Well, I don't know. He was a quiet boy. He did good in school. Well, I would expect he showed signs of his ability to lead and his thirst for adventure, though, as a young boy. Well, I, I, I really couldn't say. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't be for help. Well, not at all, Mr. Iolkus. We're just extremely pleased that you agreed to visit with us today. You must be looking forward to the return of your son and listening to his adventures firsthand. Well, I, uh, I told you, man, I... I haven't seen Jason for a long time. Chase? Chase, what are you doing? Chase, what's it look like? I like you're just sitting there doing nothing. You've got it right. You better start your computations. Mission control is set for 1430 hours. Top tit. What's the matter, Jace? Mr. Russell, when I want you to speak, I'll ask you to speak. Until such time, kindly keep your mouth shut. What's the matter, sis? <laughs> if only I could figure it. Figure what? Why? What can't you figure? Never mind. You can't see it. It's no concern of yours. What can't I see? The ghost ship, Mr. Russell. That's what. It's only been out there now for two weeks, following the exact course we are, and no communication from it whatsoever. The only thing out there, Jace, is a million stars and Venus. And us. Yes, of course. But don't you find that strange? How are you feeling? I'm fine. You don't have to whisper, you know. Don't be so silly. Your cheeks look red. Do they? Oh, Chase, isn't it wonderful? It sure is. It's a miracle for sure. Hold me, Chase. Oh. oh, I'm so glad it's over. I couldn't have stood another minute. But it was worth it, wasn't it, Jason, to have a son? He looks kind of scrawny to me. Oh, Jason, don't tease. I want so much for you to be happy about it. Oh, Norm, I'm sorry. I'm very happy. Of course I am.
mysterious woman, pressing her face closer and closer to me, until my eyes are filled with her soft light. Jason. My head is full of the smells of perfume. I'm frightened of her, and I want to go to her and lie with her. Jason, shut up. You spent the best part of the last five days talking bull. I can't listen to it anymore. Very well, then. Why don't you leave? Look, you know I'm your friend, don't you? <laughs> There's no such thing, you idiot. You're just a sloppy pile of guts stuffed into a bag of skin. I can smell the stink of you. Even your mother forced you out of herself like a filthy piece of garbage. Oh, how can anyone be friends? I'm going to request mission control abort the mission. You what? I can't possibly complete the mission under these circumstances. I've been doing all the computations and checks for the last week. We have to get back as soon as we can because I don't think I can stand any more of this. More of what, Russell? More of your rambling on about your mother and our lady of the night and the ghost ship. The ghost ship, you blind bastard. Don't you realize what's happening to you? Don't you know you can't go back? I'm going to radio in now. I'm sorry, Jace. You do that, Russell. There's the switch. You open it up and call. And I'll kill you. Grown this summer. Look at that kid next to him, Jace. I bet he's six years old anyway. David looks to be almost the same height. Yeah, and the other kid's skinny. <laughs> oh, it's so nice in the beach today. Mm. David, I said just up to your waist. I'll get back. Come on. You realize you could drown out there? Look <laughs> who's talking. Just a fool for danger like his daddy. Well, at least his daddy can swim. Stop that shouting or give me ulcers. Honestly, you're just like an old mother hen. I think I'd better wait around with him. He's going too far out. He'll be all right. I know, but I think I'll wait with him just the same. Chet, let me shake your hand, old buddy. You made the right decision, and now I can stop all this play-acting. Who's play-acting? I've been. Who well, don't you see? Mission Control wanted to set up a test to see what would happen to a crew if uh, one of the members suffered acute space fatigue. We all know the procedure is to correct mechanical or physical problems, but uh, mental trouble is an unknown quantity, isn't it? At least up to this flight. Sorry, I had to give you some bad moments, but you came off with flying colors. Your decision to call mission control and abort the mission is the correct one. You know, this business about coast ships and Lady of the Nights and whatnot was all planned? Well, not all planned. I, uh, I made most of it up as I went along. <laughs> oh, be doggone. Mission control doesn't miss a trick. Oh, Lord, what a relief. I honestly thought you were crackers. There's a ghost ship out there somewhere, Russell. Oh, man, what a relief. I was so scared. I made the right decision. That's all that counts. Oh, then uh, Mission Control was in on it when they told me not to worry about you. He called Mission Control? Yeah, four days ago while you were sleeping. They told me not to worry. Good. Then everything was handled to perfection. Well, do we make a report now? No, I just 
enter it in the log. But how will Mission Control know where the conditions have got back to normal? Surely they want to know. Well, today was the last day we allowed for your decision. Either way, Mission Control knows things will be settled by today. Jeez, that sounds awful loosey-goosey for Mission Control. Chet, don't question it. Just let it be. Are you coming tonight? No. He asks for you. What will I tell him? Tell him I've gone away. I won't be back for a long time. Jason, how can you be so cruel? His little heart is breaking. I just can't, no. You know, you're the most pitiful sight I've ever seen. Not even David can match it. At least David has courage. He knows he's going to die, but he just lies quietly in his bed with his books and his toys. And when I come in, he musters up the biggest smile. It hurts him to do it, Chase, but he does. Of course, how would you know? We don't talk about leukemia, do we? No, I'm at the school. Yes, you're by far the most pitiful. Sitting in this room night after night, feeling so sorry for Jason Ialkis while your son quietly dies not eight blocks from where you sit. Go on. Jason, God damn your soul. Go see your son. He wants you. No, get out of here. Leave me alone and go. Jason, he's going to die. Let him in. This is Mariner 8. Welcome on board, Mission Control. We have another television show scheduled for 1,800 hours. Are you gentlemen ready? No, we're not, Mission Control. What's the problem, Mariner 8? No problem. We just don't feel like doing any more show and tell. This isn't a kindergarten class, you know. Uh, we uh, don't understand you. Could you be a little more specific? Glad to, Mission Control. You can stick your television show up your ass. Yes, it is. <laughs> we'll speak to Chet now, Commander. Yes, Mission Control. What's the problem, Chet? Well, I don't know. I'm a little confused. We completed the psychology test today. And what when... test? You know, the space fatigue test with Commander Iotas. You'll have to be more specific, Chet. We don't know what test you're referring to. Damn it all, the... The test you're giving me to make a decision on the commander's space fatigue. You know, the test. The test! All right, Chet. The test. Right. We got it. Um, what's the situation up there, anyway? I don't know. I'm confused. The commander's just sitting back, smiling at me. What do you mean, Chet? Well, I mean that as I'm talking to you, Commander Iolcus is sitting there with a crazy look on his face. Is this part of the test? <laughs> Test, Chet. I request that we abort the mission. Commander Iokas is not well enough to carry on. I recommend that we go into the one orbit of Venus necessary to put us on the return course and get the hell home as soon as possible. My apologies for the obvious panic of astronaut Russell. The closer we get to Venus, the more irrational he acts. 
I'll sign off now, administer the necessary discipline, and make a full report in due course. Just a minute, Commander. I request the immediate stripping of command from Commander Iokas. Now, just hold... Turn that switch back on. Chet, you're losing your cool. Chase, let me switch it on. I want complete instructions from Mission Control. What do you mean you want? Who the hell do you think's in command here? I'll get in touch with Mission Control when I'm damn well ready. And it won't be till we get something straight. Look out that port and tell me what you see. Jason, let me go. Look out of that port. A ghost ship, that all. A ghost ship, not a hundred yards on our starboard side. Now admit it. I, I, I don't see a thing. Nothing. Nothing. All right. You see nothing. You'd better make your report. I'm sorry, Jace. That's all right, Chet. Go on. Oh, this is Mariner 8. Do you... you understand, Norma? I don't know how many people I killed. Plenty of them. How many were soldiers? I don't know. Even in Korea, I was overdue. But then I was shot down. All the guys thought my number had finally come up, but it hadn't. That's when they started calling me the angel. Because they thought I should be playing the harp somewhere, you know. And that was just Korea. The name followed me to Vietnam. The angel. Shot down again. Nothing left of the plane, but the angel gets picked up by a gunboat on some back river. I felt like a... a death head sitting there. Angel. I don't know how many people I shot. Don't care. Women, children, I don't know. But I was overdue, you see. And then it all came home on David. All of it. Korea, Vietnam, supersonic test flights with a wing vibrating crazier and crazier than just disappearing altogether. And I got out. The angel. So it all comes down on David. Because I loved him. Even in the death of your son, it has to be you. I don't even care to understand you anymore, Jason. You never felt for anyone but yourself. As far as I'm concerned, your number came up a long time ago. I cared for David. I loved him so much. And that was a mistake. Well, you go on thinking whatever you want. I don't care. I buried you long before I buried my son. I think you'd even forgotten who you were by the time he died. With poor David. I didn't want you to go away without knowing how I felt. Why I couldn't see the boy. Sorry, Jason. I don't understand. Doesn't matter anyway. It's all past. I'll call you when I get settled in. I'm in no rush to start procedures if you're not. Uh, no, I just assume I'd slide for a bit, Norma. 
I'm up for a flight. This kind of thing could queer. Oh, I see. Well, have a good flight, Jason. Tell him I'm on a holiday or something. Goodbye. Goodbye, Norma. Mission Control, this is Mariner 8. What the hell's going on up there, Mariner 8? We've been trying to reach you for the last 12 hours. Mission Control, this is Commander Jason Iolka speaking. I have something of interest to report. Make your report, Commander. I'm afraid astronaut Chet Russell has become delinquent in the pursuit of his duties. And not his fault, Mission Control. It must be some sort of nervous exhaustion. He has become totally irrational, and I'm afraid that he has made it impossible for us to complete our mission as we had planned. We'll talk to astronaut Russell now, Commander. Well, I'm afraid that's an impossibility, Mission Control. Commander, we want to talk to astronaut Russell. We'll just have to wait until he gets back. What do you mean by that? He's gone for a spacewalk, Mission Control. It may be some time before he returns. That is all. strange it is to watch you spiraling around towards Venus, Jeff. You haven't really left me, have you? You look like a little silver star. Your legs and arms out stiff like that. Slowly turning and turning and floating to her. You're her blood sacrifice, Jeff. It is an ancient and a proper rite. Our Lady of the Night must have her blood. Look at her. Huge and glowing like a Chinese lantern. Oh, she's pleased with us, Jet. She looks upon us with favor. Commander Iokas, come in right now. Come in. That's an order. Excellent work, gentlemen. You figured out how to jump the radio switch. Listen, Commander, we want a complete report right now on the situation in your space vehicle. Where would you like me to start? What is the exact situation with Astronaut Russell? Astronaut Russell is dead. Give us the exact circumstances surrounding his death. I uh, pierced the lower right region of his back with the blade attached to my general utility gear. I expect I sliced into his kidney and liver and his large intestinal tract. As you know, the blade is quite long and very sharp. He died within a few minutes from shock and massive bleeding. He tried to say something several times, but all I could hear was a low gurgle in his throat. I placed him in his emergency pressurized suit, and he is now free-floating through space. His course is almost the same as Mariner 8, except for a slight drift of about two degrees. Commander, are you saying that you willfully murdered astronaut Russell and set him adrift in space? Mission control, that is exactly what I'm saying. We'd like you to tell us exactly what led up to this situation. You're in Houston, Mission Control, and I'm two days away from Venus. It's really not possible for us to communicate. We want you to try. I've turned off all interior lights. We don't need them anymore. Everything in here is shimmering. And when I look out, all I can see is her. She gives off a strange glow. In some ways, 
It's very eerie. Russell's blood has turned a purple black. I'm feeling very tired. Commander, this is General Weatherman speaking. I want you to listen to me very closely. You will go into an elliptical orbit around Venus designed to set you on a course for home. We'll give you the exact data, and you will do exactly as you are told. Is that understood? Hello, General. It's nice that you could come to my little party. I hope you'll realize the severity of the situation, Commander. The chances of you being able to man the spacecraft sufficiently well enough to get home are slight. If you don't follow our instructions explicitly, I dare say your chances of getting home are non-existent. Dear General, I am almost home now. Jason? Yes, Mama? I want you to be something so special. I know. I know. What do you know? What? Now, see here. Pull yourself together. We won't have any more of this nonsense. <laughs> do you know what I'm looking at, dear General? Looking at her, I want you to understand that she is magnificent. I can see great swirling masses of pink clouds moving across her face. My head rings with the music. Everything is shimmering and chiming, ringing great gobs of color all around. And I can see poor Russell. A tiny little star now against her broad face. She reaches up for him and he goes spinning slowly, head over heels towards her. Commander, I have Dr. Eisenstadt here. He wants to have a little talk with you. Please listen to him. Hello, Commander? Who are you? My name is Dr. Eisenstadt. Who are you? My name is... Who are you? My name is Dr... Mission Control? Have I hurt you? Have I? Oh! My lady of the night... Yeah, Mama? Do I look awful? Of course not. Oh, I don't want you to see me look this way. Jason, please don't remember me like this. Oh, don't cry, Mama. I remember you lying and soft. And holding me so warm against yourself. I remember your hair, long and black as a raven, falling down off your shoulders. I remember your breath on my face, as sweet as new hay. Jason, I'm proud of you. Oh, Mama, there's nothing to be proud of. I couldn't ever seem to touch anything without it cracking in two. Never you mind, my little love. 
Everything is all right now. You think I'm afraid? I'm coming up on things so fast. I can't see Russell anymore. I can't see anything. I'm blinded by her. My head's about to burst from the sound of her. Wailing. 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 Your number is up, Jace. And I don't feel a thing. I love you, Norma. Honest to God, I do. Then die for me, Jason. I like that very much. Jason! Norma, please come back. I'm so alone. Jason! Look what I've got, Jason. Where are you? I can't see you. It's David, Jason. Can't you see us? It's little David. I can't see him! My son! Blood, red, raging, mad seas in my eyes. Oh, please. I want out. Oh, lady, let me go. I don't want to. Let me be nothing. Let me be a stone. Let me be a piece of broken metal. Let me rust through the ages. But don't hurt. I don't want ever be hurt. I'm dead now. Tuck me inside your womb. I'm dead. Honest, I am. On CBC stage tonight, a play written for this series by James W. Nichol, Venus and the Magi. Frank Perry starred as Jason, and appearing with him were Jack Anthony, Claude Bede, Nonnie Griffin, Ron Hartman, Danny McElravey, Ed McNamara, Claude Ray, George Robertson, Ruth Springford, and Murray Westgate. Sound effects devised by Bill Robinson. Technical operation by Derek Stubbs. Gordon Jones speaking. Venus and the Magi was produced and directed from our Toronto studios by Peter Duncan. You have been listening to Soundstage, an anthology of radio drama produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. That just about does this edition of Canadians in Old Time Radio. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today, 
thanks to the involvement of Canadians in Old Time Radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in Old Time Radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.